better understanding of why some people are predisposed to dangerous drug interactions and serious illness when taking new drugs will be the charge of a new nonprofit group recently formed by some of the world's largest drug makers. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM Channel 157 the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Arthur Holden, who is Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of the newly formed International Serious Adverse Event Consortium. Mr. Holden comes to us from the consortium's new headquarters in Deerfield, Illinois, just north of Chicago, where the group is forming to tackle a major issue facing the Food and Drug Administration today, the safety of new and future medicines. Mr. Holden, welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. Tell us and tell our listeners out there, everyone knows that there have been issues with adverse drug reactions. It's common. It's a huge problem for both drug makers, for public health, for medical professionals. But this organization is going to take this on. And I want you, if you could be so kind as to tell us about this new and exciting uh, endeavor that the group is taking on here. Well, it is a significant challenge to manufacture and develop drugs that are safe for, for, for every patient. In fact, there's no drug that's safe for every patient. And I think as your your audience will be aware, we've made tremendous strides over the last, particularly the last five years, in developing the technology so that we could begin to take a look and see whether or not there's a genetic basis for a whole variety of biological phenomena, whether they be susceptibility to disease or response to drugs. Response to drugs is actually one of the most challenging areas to apply this new biology and new technology and particularly in the area of drug safety. And what the consortium is focused on is essentially trying to identify and to validate DNA markers or genetic markers that would be useful in predicting the risk of a drug-induced serious adverse event. And just to be clear right up front, these are issues uh, such as liver toxicity, serious skin rashes, renal injury, they can deal with cardiac arrhythmias such as prolonged QT. There's a family of roughly 10 to 12 of these that occur across multiple drugs and classes of drugs. So the concept behind the consortium, which I think is a very practical and innovative one, is that essentially we will work together to try to coordinate and build networks where we'll collect around the world cases or individuals that have had these types of of adverse reactions and then controls, we mean people that have had the drug ideally or that are individuals that are similar in terms of ethnicity, age, and sex. And we will essentially look to aggregate those collections so that we can apply genomics to see if we can't identify initially these DNA markers that would be useful in predicting the events. Well, it's very interesting, too, that a lot of the drug companies, these are usually people, uh, companies that are competitive in their own fields, and they do have, and if you can tell us a little bit about this, they have large databases of reports from patients and doctors on how their drugs interact with patients, but they just can't do it on their own despite what people would think that, you know, hey, these are big drug companies. Why wouldn't they want to do this on their own? It would seem to be a huge marketing tool if they could do it on their own, but they just really can't do that, can they? No. So there are a lot of things that the pharmaceutical industry and particularly research R&D intensive industries like pharma really need to collaborate on instead of being competitive on. And, and, And this is just a classic example. 
when doing typical clinical trials to develop a new drug, the largest trials may have five to 10,000 patients at the end of a phase three, phase three B type trial. That is not enough patients typically to see these rare, what we call rare idiosyncratic serious adverse events. Typically, these only begin to occur when they get out into actual use and they're approved. So no one company, although they have databases, clinical trial databases, no one company really has enough of these or any academic healthcare center gets enough experience with these to really allow us to gather them together and study these. That isn't to say that these aren't incredibly important from a healthcare delivery point of view. The number of these is going up. The cost to take care of these patients, since these are very serious conditions, is quite high. And it's not only a a quality issue, but it's also a significant cost issue. So the only way to really get the scale to do this is to coordinate and to source patients not only from clinical trials over time, but also academic networks that have pulled together and been working over a series of years to build these cohorts, but no, no one of which has enough scale to do this alone. The consortium brings these together along with funding and expertise in genomics in order to take tackle what is effectively a relatively expensive, quite risky proposition, but instead of having one entity try to fund that, which is not really practical, you've got multiple entities that join in the consortium and and are funding it. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to XM Channel 157, ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals, and I'm Bruce Japson with the Chicago Tribune, and I'm speaking with Arthur Holden, who is the chairman and CEO of a new group called the International Serious Adverse Event Consortium. And one of the simple charges of the group is to prevent something like a Viox from happening again. And I guess, Mr. Holden, if you could tell us, in a perfect world, if there is a genetic way to find out why a drug interacts the way it does, it could prevent something like that from ever happening. Sure. Well, you know, the first point to make sure that we're very clear on is there are issues of safety that can be related to a very specific compound. What we're really talking about here are issues of safety that affect many compounds or many drugs that are out there. And it's because they affect many drugs and they're rarer, and we we don't really have a mechanism to either follow them or to enroll them in research protocols so that we can understand them and predict them. That's where this particular problem is significant. You know, the issues that are associated with the safety of a drug are well ferreted out in the FDA process and the clinical development process today. It's incredibly rare that you have a significant safety issue with a drug, all things considered, with the number of drugs that are out there. And and drugs have their risk profile. That's just the reality that we're dealing with. This is going after those very rare events which affect many drugs, which we think are a significant component of, quote, the safety issue associated with drugs today. And if we can apply the new biology with this type of innovative approach, and I might comment one of the things that's so important about this effort, and it is set up as a not-for-profit activity, and the reason we did that is we uh, are oriented towards all the data that we generate will be put out into a publicly accessible website that researchers, qualified researchers, can use free of charge 
furthermore, any of the genetic markers or patterns of genetic markers that we define is associated and predictive and have a predictive value for these types of adverse risks, those will be put into the public domain without any intellectual property constraints, since the goal of this is really to stimulate follow-on research and to stimulate the clinical adoption of these as we develop and validate them. And so going forward, if there are healthcare professionals listening in or researchers, they would be able to go to a website set up by the International Serious Adverse Event Consortium, and if they have a group of patients or they're involved in a clinical trial or something, they could basically go and see whether there would be uh, certain liver toxicity or in people who take statins or something, and they would be able to look at that and they could add to the database or they could at least draw on it for their own clinical practice? I think there are a couple steps in this process and will evolve. At this base level of research, the data will be available so that as researchers that want to try to take these genetic factors and figure out the underlying molecular biology and physiology of an adverse reaction can have exposure to this. So kind of basic research access to try and better understand the mechanisms. Or it can be that these are data sets where we build on it over time and we get an idea how predictive these markers may be. And we want to be able to do that in such a way that not only clinicians over time could use these, but we can also use them in FDA submissions so that as companies are doing trials, it can affect identify an individual that has, quote, a genetic risk, an unusual genetic risk for these types of adverse response, and exclude them from the trial. That way, what you'd be doing is you'd be defining that these types of markers would travel along with the drug, and if someone had a profile that put them at risk, and given the classes of drugs that are associated with this risk, you'd want to make sure you either considered another therapeutic option or, in fact, watched the patient and, and maybe started them at a lower dose and surveilled them much more closely. Any number of clinical management techniques that could be adopted, those will evolve and develop over, over time, but nothing's going to happen unless we get into the hardcore science and figure out what is going on here and are there genetic factors which are causing these types of responses. No incremental funding from Congress. Nothing is going to substitute from doing the basic research. And unfortunately, there aren't the public resources available. So this is, I think, a very innovative private effort to leverage not only financial resources, but the scientific and intellectual capital of the members to go after this very tough but very important problem. Well, is there anything out there that these companies have seen where they have any evidence that shows that the pursuit is going to be worthwhile? Well, it's really interesting because we just put together the maps of these variants. And what when I talk about variants in the genome, they're typically simple mutations. So we're using something called single nucleotide polymorphisms, which is a long word for a spelling error rung on the DNA ladder. We now have the maps of those which have been developed, as well as the technology to put those on chips so that we can assay people. The studies are just coming out, and the interesting thing in this area where there's been a little bit of work done is we find that it's very binary. You either see a very clear genetic pattern emerge or you don't. And it's not uncommon. It's not unusual because it almost seems to be like these rare genetic diseases, more complicated in their genetics, but like Huntington's disease, which if you have the gene 
for Huntington's disease, then there's a fairly high probability that you will get the disease. What we're seeing now is that with some of the preliminary work on these serious adverse drug reactions, if one has a pattern that's been associated with an increased risk, it's a pretty good likelihood that they're actually going to have an issue with the drug once they become, or a class of drugs, once they become exposed to that. And so that's what we want to research. So it's still very early days, but they almost seem to mimic the same type of genetics we see with rare, rare genetic diseases uh, as these rare adverse reactions, rare adverse responses to drugs. I want to thank Arthur Holden, who's been our guest, and we have been discussing this new and important consortium that is formed in the Chicago suburbs. It's called the International Serious Adverse Event Consortium. I'm Bruce Japson, and you've been listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And I want to thank you for listening.